I recently read this headline, Christmas is back on. After a long season of lockdown, Santa has been approved for international travel once again. While some of his helpers have had to elf-isolate, his reindeer have, thankfully, achieved herd immunity. During this pandemic season, most of us have spent many months at home. But home is more than a location. I believe we all long for home, especially at Christmas. There's a sort of universal homing device in our soul at Christmas time. As we walk into decorated shopping malls, we hear Christmas songs such as I'll be home for Christmas or driving home for Christmas or Christmas, baby, please come home. Each year we fill our homes with decorations, food, Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey. Now there's a party. And the most watched movie at Christmas time? Home Alone. But home is more than a location. American spiritual writer Frederick Buchner insightfully claimed that when we hear the word home, we think of two things, the place we come from and the place we dream of. I think this is true, but these two homes are not the same. The home we come from cannot meet the need or satisfy the longing for the home we dream of. This is our soul's homing device for God. You see, we are made by God, like God, for God. Saint Augustine wrote in the fourth century that we are made for God and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in him. Likewise, the psalmist in Psalm 84 writes of a similar longing for home. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Christmas ignites our yearning for a home we dream of. And yet the Christmas story in the Bible is full of people away from home. In Luke chapter two, we read how due to a census called throughout the Roman Empire, Joseph and the heavily pregnant Mary have to leave their home in Nazareth and journey nearly 150 kilometers, mainly on foot, to Joseph's ancestral home in Bethlehem. This was no joyful balikampong, rather an arduous journey and no homestay once they got there. It was so busy, there wasn't even room in the inn. Instead, they had to stay in a stable next door where Mary gave birth to Jesus. I saw this joke recently. Why couldn't Joseph and Mary join their work conference call? Because there was no Zoom in the inn. I'm so sorry, what a terrible joke. But I mean, what sort of home was a stable to give birth in? You know, if you feel that you didn't have a great start in life or a great home, you understand part of the Christmas story. Then the shepherds, they were the first to whom 
The good news of Jesus' birth was announced by the angels, later in Luke chapter 2. But they too were not at home. The shepherds were with their flocks on a mountainside in the middle of the night. If you've been working hard late into the night recently, or if work has encroached upon your home life, you understand part of the Christmas story. Then in Matthew's Gospel, we read that Magi, wise men, they left the home they came from to find the home they dreamt of. And they traveled a long way from home. We're told by Matthew that they were simply wise men from the East. Some suggest that they were astrologers from Babylon, modern day Iraq. If so, they traveled over 800 kilometers from home. Others say they were Zoroastrian occultists from Persia, modern day Iran. If so, they traveled over 1,600 kilometers from home. But there's a fascinating document that has recently come to light in the Vatican archives. It's a copy of a second century document that's a long account of the visit of the Magi. It tells of a caravan of wise men that followed a star along the Silk Route to Israel. And they'd come from the land of Shur, the ancient name associated with China. If the wise men had come from China, then they'd left their home and traveled over 8,000 kilometers in search of the home they dreamt of well over a year on pilgrimage. They followed the star. They followed the prophecies about a king born to rule the whole world. They followed their hearts and they followed the road to Jerusalem. And they went to the palace because they knew a king had been born and they thought, well, obviously he's been born in a palace. <laughs> but you see the wise men, they went to the wrong place and nearly got Jesus killed. So perhaps they weren't that wise after all. If you've ever looked for that feeling of home in the wrong place, then you understand part of the Christmas story. And then once the jealous King Herod hears of Jesus's birth and tries to kill him, Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus, they've got to flee again as refugees another 65 kilometers over the border from Bethlehem to Egypt, where they stayed for three years. If where you stay does not feel like home right now, you understand part of the Christmas story. But why? Why all of this displacement from home? Why all of this searching for home throughout the Christmas story? What's the Bible trying to tell us? Well, John, Chapter one says, the word, that is the son of God, became human and made his home among us. What an extraordinary thing. I love this painting. It's uh, of William Adolphe Bougereau's The Song of the Angels, reinterpreted by Alexei Konakov. But I simply like to call it Jesus on the MRT. Jesus, the Son of God, 
was born into the mess of our world. It reminds us to expect to find God in unexpected places. Most other religions say that you get yourself right and ready for God, then you approach him. But the Christian faith says that God came to us and he made us right for him. That first Christmas, Jesus, the Son of God, left his home in glory to come into the mess of the world to find us. Wow. You know, it's a long way from Deus to Fetus. It's a long way from heaven to earth, from Lord of the universe to vulnerable little child. He left his home and journeyed through time and space. From eternity and glory, through incarnation and vulnerability, to be with us, to make his home with us. And it was a costly journey too, that would lead to rejection, suffering, and death. Why would he do this? Simply because he loves you. You see, at Christmas, we're reminded that we don't go home, home comes to us. We don't find home, home finds us. Ultimately, home is not a place, but a person, the person of Jesus Christ. That baby in a crib became a man on a cross, and his death defeated death once and for all, unlocking the gate to Eden, to paradise, heaven's garden, the place from which we'd been barred since the fall of our ancestors who sinned and were exiled. It is there with God that our hearts long for. That is the home God destined for you and me. And at this Advent time, we look back with thanks at Jesus's first coming, and we look forward with expectation to when he'll come again, and we will be with him in that garden once more. This is why 1 Peter 2.11 describes us as aliens and strangers in this world. But St. Paul says in Philippians 3.20 that our true citizenship is in heaven. And this eternal perspective, it changes everything. It gives us hope at a time of loss perseverance at a time of trouble, and joy at all that is to come. At that first Christmas, Jesus came and made his home among us, and he keeps coming. He keeps knocking on the door of your heart, saying, I've come to take you home. This Christmas, will you open the door of your heart and let him in and let home find you. Why don't we pray? If you'd like to do that, if you'd like to find the home that you dream of, found in the person of Jesus, if you'd like to let him in right now, why don't you just echo this prayer in your heart that I'm going to read out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Just take a moment to mention anything that comes to mind.
please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me and to make your home in me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't we just receive in an attitude, receive more from the Lord now and stay in an attitude of prayer and just pray, come Holy Spirit, continue to rest upon, to make your home in the lives of everyone watching this right now. Thank <laughs> you.